Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. My name is Randy. I'm joined by Tron Carter, Mr. TC. Good afternoon. How are you? Hello, Randy. I'm good. I'm good. Just fighting off these anti-Terry Stotts people that mm. getting after me on Twitter after after I very casually mentioned that I think the guy's a good coach. Uh, what are they saying? Saying he's a terrible coach. I would I would say his 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 record speaks for itself with the Blazers. You know, maybe he's worn out as welcome, but uh, you know they they've made the playoffs each of the last what seven or eight years since he's been there. They missed his first year, and then um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's interesting. He's uh, yeah, he's won like fifty six percent of his games in Portland. Could he do more? You got you got a lot of talent on that roster. I think it's one of those. Teams that everybody always, you know, watch out for the Blazers this year. Watch out. I think Portland, I think this could be the year. They just, they've never put it together. I don't know if it's fair to blame him for that or not. But uh, just looking at, at, at his bio a little bit too, mm-hmm. born in Iowa, grew up in Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Guam. <laughs> One of those is not like the <laughs> yeah. others. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, so no apology there for. No apology. No apology. Okay. Welcome. I'm going to, uh, let's, I don't know what, what Jeezy thinks of Terry Stotts, but I'm going to throw it to him anyway. I bet Jeezy has some takes on him. He's got, he's a former Hawks coach. Yeah, Jeezy, if you want to, we'd, we'd love to love to get your thoughts sometime if you, if you want to send them over to us. Um, TC, why don't, right off the bat here, I want to thank one of our sponsors for this episode. That is our good, good, good friends at Precision Pro Golf. No Laying Up is proudly brought to you by Precision Pro Golf. As the weather turns warmer and a new golf season arrives, it brings all sorts of possibilities to reach a lower handicap, improve your driver, or simply just play more golf and have fun. No matter what your golf goals are this year, Precision Pro Golf can probably help. Their award-winning rangefinders give golfers a reliable number to the target, whether you're aiming at the flag or trying to avoid a hazard. Everyone here at No Laying Up uses the NX9 Slope. It has all the features golfers love, advanced slope technology, pulse vibration, and embedded magnet built into the rangefinder so you can securely attach it to the cart. It's also tournament legal, which means TC, uh, if we're going to be playing in the PGA Championship anytime in the near future, we can use it. And and Precision Pro Golf measures more than just distances. Their new one-of-a-kind golf app offers advanced insight into your golf game that will help measure your performance and let you know where you can improve. Neil is deep in this game currently. Search the App Store or the Android Marketplace for the Precision Pro Golf app. Right now, our listeners receive $20 off the NX9 slope by using coupon code NOLANGUP, all one word, NOLANGUP. So go to precisionprogolf.com, use coupon code NOLANGUP at checkout for $20 off our favorite rangefinder, the NX9 slope. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. 
TC, I made a couple birdies last week. You did. You birdied two of the hardest holes on the course, back-to-back. Speaking of golf goals, uh, the March to 100, I can now proudly report I've made six birdies this year. Uh, We are are 6% of the way there. I'm on five. Getting there, yeah, yeah. Don't don't look good. The I'm pace doesn't look good. Dark place. Like I feel like I'm starting to work hard. Yeah, left-handed, and I'm getting worse. But that's it. In that, it probably is. Gonna, it's going to get worse before it gets no, better. We're in the we're in the trough of disillusionment right now. Yeah. So, you are working hard though. Uh, I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. If I mean, if if I worked half as hard on my right-handed game as I am on my left-handed game right now, I should be able to make some strides this year. Um, big week this week, TC. We uh, we're going on the European tour. Forget the PGA guys. Uh, we can do Palm Beach another time. The LPGA, they're still off. Uh, so we're we're going to the European tour, and that's that's taking us to Kenya, the magical Kenya, the magical Kenya Open. Uh, we have a very special guest to talk all about that. Before we get to them, though, uh, we we probably got some things to cover here. Any other mea culpas that that you got? I think you've got you've got a mea culpa just on behalf of Kroger. They're they closing are continually more fucking up. They're closing more stores. They gave people a bunch of empty syringes. <sighs> Hate that man. That's that's tough. It, yeah, how maybe they were delivered that way, right? Is that Kroger's fault? Saline syringes. They're actually people will be hydrated though, so it's not all bad. <laughs> Very hydrated. Uh, listen, I'll apologize on behalf of Kroger. I'll apologize Thank for you. the syringes. I will apologize for closing, closing more stores, stores because of hazard pay. You know where I stand on that. I'm not down with that. I'm going to continue to fight behind the scenes to, uh, to, to get them to get off that policy. I hate it. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. You That's have my word. big of you. Well, good. Um, I do mea culpa, Wolf Blitzer. It's his real name. Biggest upset, maybe, ever. maybe ever. Yeah, unbelievable. Lou, uh, Lou was a just a shot of life. People love week. Lou, and you know what? That's that's what you get. There's great things happening in local journalism. You just got to look. Exactly. Got to open your eyes. Um, any any feedback on your on your short list? Oh, people? people. Yeah, I many many great, lot of great feedback. Uh, heard. You know who I've heard most from were uh, the fine folks in Michigan. P- Pure Michigan wants to welcome me with open arms, uh, and you know they're making a they're making a big play for it right now. Uh, you're you're a big Betsy DeVos fan too, of, right? Of course, of course I am. And Eric Prince, I love the whole family. Uh, a few few people reached out said they were disappointed that there were no international destinations on there. That's that's tough right now. That's tough with COVID. I just couldn't. You can't scout internationally. It, it's hard. Uh, somebody got on me for there being no southeast destinations. And two things: one, I live in the southeast right now. And two, like, where do you consider Raleigh Durham? Is that not that's southeast? Peak southeast. Yeah, that's not mid Atlantic. That's southeast. So no apology there. Um, oh, our our mutual friend Drew Drew Daddy. Reached out and said he will not let me move to Minneapolis. Won't let me do it as a friend. He did a stint there, right? He did. And that was my inspiration in part was I knew he lived up there. The people in St. Paul were pissed, too. They said, you date St. Paul, you marry – or you date Minneapolis, you marry St. Paul. (laughs) Well, I'm coming up – wherever wherever I'm going, it's it's under dating uh, auspices. So I'm I'm not not committing the rest of my life to any place just yet. So – uh, but yeah, you know, hey, 
uh, as always, we'll keep you posted as, as things shake out. I'm expecting some movement, TC, by the end of the month. Wow. Yeah, we'll see. Irons in the fire. Uh, you know, spring comes a new season. I, I think it's, it's uh, you know, maybe maybe time to start a new page here, especially as, as OTCs and, and training camp gets comes around the corner here in, in Jacksonville and, and the urban mania just picks up. I, I know you were thinking about going over to the tournament last week and – I know. Urban was on site, and you, you didn't feel comfortable. Just parading around. Uh, like, he's already the mayor, just just basking in the glow. Uh, did anybody ask him a difficult question about, like, hey, dude, why'd you hire that, like, terribly uh, hey, why'd you fake a heart unprofessional yeah. racist strength coach and then, and then, you know, get rid of him a day later? Um, Tough stuff. God, what else we got going on? We got, uh, you know, we got some Cardinals fans chirping us about the <laughs> greatest fans in baseball. They, Cardinals fans, man, they, they they got they have a keen sense of hearing. Anytime you even slightly disrespect Cardinals fans, man, they are they are there, ready to set the record straight. Uh, I'm told that we had a little discussion about uh, CU Boulder. You know, Colorado, it's University of Colorado, but they call it CU. Yeah, I'm told that's a big like big big eight, big six. I was yeah, thing. I was gonna say Kansas is the Kansas same. Kansas does way. the same thing. Missouri is the same thing. University of Oklahoma, OU. Um, you know, that sort of thing. I don't like it. No, I don't either. It's it, and, or, and other people are saying it's to differentiate um, them from the California state schools, mm. which I don't know. I don't know if I'd buy that. Yeah, it's, it's just very confusing, I think. Um, I saw some sandstorms going on in Beijing. I was just reading about this morning. Some, some sand coming down from uh, the Mongolian Plateau. Just enshrouding Beijing, and uh, it just it makes it very spooky right now. I didn't know they had sandstorms in China. Um, not good. Not good there. Uh, what else, TC? Any what? What? I don't know, man. I, I think that's it. I don't think there's a whole lot more. You know, some people still chirping Megan Schuster for some of the <laughs> some of the uh, grocery store stuff that she. <laughs> You know, some of the grocery store may call for these Minneapolis people cannot, they they can't help themselves. They they can't give it a rest. They are so upset that, you know, we dared talk to somebody that doesn't actually live in Minneapolis right now. Yeah. Lou, Lou reached out next day. He's like, Hey, are you getting good? Are you getting good feedback? Any pissed off Florida fans? He was, he was so worried about pissing off the Florida Gator fans because I guess he's done that before at the station. (laughs) (laughs) He got, he got legitimate hate mail. Hate that for my guy Lou. I I wish you know. I feel like we're not doing our job if we're not pissing off some Florida Gator fans, though. Uh, I got nothing against the Gators. No, I don't either. Just I, I don't know. I like to piss off SEC fan base. I'd rather so. piss off Florida State fans. Yeah, they don't like you saying free shoes university. All it the time. is for, sorry free free seafood university. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> oh gosh, uh, they I need they need to bring back those Florida commercials where they. You know, go write the great American novel. Go go cure cancer. Yeah, that, sort of thing. that was such a good campaign. Yeah. We, we got a lot of mileage out of that uh, when we were when yeah. we were in school. I feel like that was that was right around the same time that Aaron Hernandez was was murdering people. Yeah, uh, both during his time in Gainesville and after. Shout out to my sister. She sent me a picture. Uh, they were out celebrating my brother-in-law's birthday uh, this weekend. Good bar. And, um, Most at, of you have seen Good Bar's golf swing. Yeah, they were at Jeff Ruby's <laughs> there in Cincinnati and right there on their dessert menu, the Columbia Parkway mudslide. 
you know, they're they're naming desserts after the mudslides on uh, on Route 50. Are you a big Jeff Ruby guy, in Cincinnati? I've never been there. Yeah, I used um, to go to the precinct. I've been to the precinct a couple times. Yeah, I've never been. You know, I I think I was it Carlo and Johnny's. Yeah, and he's got the one down in Louisville. Right. The only Jeff Ruby establishment I think I've been in, he had one in the Belterra Casino, I believe, over in Southern Indiana, and I went, I went there randomly one time. Uh, I, didn't he kick the juice out? Did he? Yeah, I think he refused to serve OJ Simpson one time. That is not cool. <laughs> so I can, I'm googling. I, I can see where you and he might wow. on that. Wow, Jeff Ruby tosses OJ after the <laughs> Derby. This yeah. is this is last year. This is or uh, last, oh no, this is 2007. Okay, uh, restaurant owner Jeff Ruby has welcomed a lot of famous people into his seven restaurants, but apparently there's a point where he draws the line. Over Derby weekend in Louisville, OJ Simpson walked into Jeff Ruby's steakhouse, and Jeff told him to leave. He said the juice <laughs> left without any problems, and only a blonde in his entourage tried to pick a fight. Said Ruby, "It's a tough thing. I thought he might get physical." You ruined those people's lives, so maybe I ruined his derby. I don't have a problem with that. Ruby says he used to have a picture of him and Juice hanging in one of his restaurants. There you have it. Yeah, I'm. you know what? I will not be patronizing any more Jeff Ruby Steakhouses. I wonder if it's an ongoing beef, though. You know, it's been 14 years. I wonder if, I wonder if there's still animosity between the Juice and, uh, and Jeff. We need to get the Juice on the trap draw. A lot of opportunities going to SoCal this year. Yeah. Yeah, you know? and uh, there's there's a corn ferry event in Las Vegas this year too, where the juice, yeah, you know, currently lives. We'll we'll effort that. Uh, you know, corn ferry is in uh, they're in Louisiana this week. I've always wanted to go to that event. A, I've never been to Louisiana before. That's the one in Lafayette. I think I so. Believe. Yeah, near, it's the chitty matcha. Uh, it's supposed to be the best food stop of the whole season. I corn believe it. Tour. I always get confused what crawdad season is. Whether it's all That's, the months that end in Y or all the months that don't end in Y, I think it's it's spring, right? Yeah, or or what's the rule? Maybe it's not. We're y. gonna get lit up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> You're I, thinking of oysters. I thought. I, no, I swear they have that same rule for crawdads too. I think that was just based on or crawfish. The, the lack of refrigerant. I think crawdads and crawfish are the same thing. Are they? I, mean, I love crawfish, and I, uh, well, I, I, kept I saying, think it goes back like. The, the the oyster thing is total bullshit. It goes back to when there was poor refrigeration during okay. like transporting them. So that's why you didn't want to eat them during those months because it's hot as shit. It looks like we are in the midst of crawfish season. I kept calling them crawdaddies when I was down there on Strapped, and they were like, don't call them crawdaddies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure some listeners will set the record straight. Well, tell us what the rule is. I, I feel like there was some like rule where it was either – if a month doesn't end in R or Y or something like that, I don't know. Anyway, um, speaking of efforting or, or folks, you know, we wanted to get, uh, did you have anybody for Kenya? I did. I didn't realize Chris Froome, the cyclist. Yeah, the, the English. Yeah, he's from Kenya. He was born in Kenya? Born in Kenya. His parents emigrated there to uh, be farmers. Huh. I I no, yeah, I had no idea. Wild. Did did he get popped for for enhanced substances? I, I'm not sure. I, I can't keep track of who <laughs> did and didn't. And I can't call it. I I, I want to say he did, but uh, I'm sure people will let us know if if not. Uh, 
Oh, gosh. Who else? Um, Barack Obama Sr.? <laughs> I thought you were going to make the other joke. Uh, yeah, that would have been interesting, of course. Just just poor responses still. Uh, I, I was looking more for, for some sports people, uh, some marathoners maybe. So there was that book, right, about the – the endurance the book. The endurance runners. I read that book by Alex Hutchinson. Yeah. Is it good? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. I would, I would recommend it. Kipchoge. Kipchoge. That's Remember it. that dude? Yes, I do. I God, I'm gonna butcher his first name. I- Iliad. Yeah. Kipchoge. We did, we did effort him. Coincidentally, we couldn't remember his name, but we did effort <laughs> him. <laughs> his people didn't get back to it. By the way, have you seen this stuff going on with the, with the shoes right now? These Nike well, that's shoes. The, he talks about in the book endurance. They he he goes into the design and what they want from them. They're like totally illegal, I think. Well, they should be illegal, but there, there's all sorts of records being broken. Yeah, currently and they're like will, the, they're like the, they're like the swimsuits. They're they're totally yeah. They're like bouncing off of the yeah. You know, there needs to be like a coefficient of restitution on, that, on I the thought, soul. I thought they're illegal in like international competition, but that's why Nike was doing just these paid exhibitions where they were trying to get uh, the guy to break the the two hour mark. But I don't think they can, unless something's changed. I don't believe uh, those shoes are legal, like in the Olympics or anything. But I I don't know. Uh, distance running is it's such a I can't remember the last time I ran more than like a mile it's such a foreign concept to me uh, yeah so anyway there <laughs> we, we have so literally a, a gaggle of of world class both male and female Kenyan distance runners none of them will get back to us uh, so we didn't go that way when I worked at the hotel in Atlanta there was a um, we had the Peachtree Road Race yeah. Every year, and the, the start line was right outside the hotel. So all the really, really professional world class runners would would fly in and you know stay for a couple nights beforehand, and they would all wake up at four a.m., five a.m., and you know go run fifteen miles or go like run the course twice, yeah, yeah, and be done by you know <laughs> like five fifteen, come back in and like, but it they were all they were all so lithe. And yeah, it was like they were just gliding through the lobby, just it, floating. It does man. graceful human beings. Oh my god, you watch them run; it just looks effortless. And it's like you know they're turning mile after mile under five minute, like sub five minute miles. It's truly, truly, truly mind boggling. Uh, life is such a good word too. Uh, TC, I God, we we weren't really reaching out to that many folks, honestly. I don't know. Listen, we had a big week last week with the players. Yeah. Just trying to. Players hang over. Um, well, well, who did we get then? We got uh, we got a, a, a diplomat. That's right. Classing things up around Potentially here. Potentially a deep state diplomat. Maybe. Maybe. A uh, gentleman by the name of Patrick Scoville. Uh, he's an American. He's been stationed in Kenya now for uh, for a few years. He'll get into his, his, uh, Foreign his whole service. story. Yeah, it kind of fascinates me. But he's an avid golfer and a uh, friend of the pod, so excited to talk to him. Excited to learn about Kenya. You know, I can honestly say I don't know anything about it really. Kind of in a junction between 
you got Somalia over on the one side, you got Tanzania on the other side, Ethiopia up north, uh, Uganda to the west. There's just, it's kind of right in the crossroads of East Africa. I feel like uh, Sub Saharan Africa doesn't get as much runtime as uh, Northern Africa, kind of on the news and just top of mind these days. Yeah. So, um, well, let's, let's, uh, he's, he's waiting on the line. Shall we get to him? Let's do it. Before we get to our conversation with Patrick, I want to thank our other sponsor for today's episode. That's, of course, our friends at DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, the NCAA basketball tournament could be in full swing, and I'm sure the action will not disappoint. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $1 on any tournament game, and if your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple, folks. Turn $1 into $100. I don't have to tell you, it's 100 to 1 odds. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning $100. All it takes is a $1 bet and that team winning their next game. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. TC, are you going to fill out a bracket this year? I'm not, Randy. I haven't watched a college basketball game in probably five or six years now. <laughs> Come on, you're not even going to fill out a bracket for, for fun? Probably be a better bracket than <laughs> if I watched if I actually watched <laughs> the games, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it just, I don't know, I just... It doesn't do it for me. I, that's I, I won't begrudge you. Uh, I'm I'm deep in it right now. I can't wait. Um, you got a you got a show coming up. I, exactly, uh, and a little bit of an adjusted schedule this year. Uh, it's not Thursday, Friday. It's it's Friday, Saturday, uh, and all the games are in Indianapolis. But I'm I'm happy that the NCAA tournament is back. Right now, folks can download the top-rated DraftKings sportsbook app. Use the promo code TRAPDRAW, all one word, TRAPDRAW, when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. That's code TRAPDRAW to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. And now on to our conversation with uh, Patrick Scoville. All right. Joining us now live via Zoom, at least, live from Kenya, our very special guest this week, Patrick Scoville. Patrick, thank you so much. Uh, first things first, where in Kenya are you coming to us from? Yeah, good evening. Uh, I'm uh, sitting uh, at my kitchen table here uh, in Nairobi, Kenya. Um, so in the capital, uh, at about 6,000 feet. Um, so yeah, it's weather's perfect here. Uh, it's nice and warm and it's good to be on the show. What is the buzz on the ground for the magical Kenya Open this weekend? I imagine the place is, well, is absolutely ecstatic. Karen Country Club, people are yep. are buzzing. Yep. So, so the big thing is uh, they decided to create like a bubble because um, as you're tracking, probably there's back-to-back tournaments being hosted at Karen. Um, so they have had all the pros, including the lo- some of the local ones I know, all move into the hotel down there. Uh, and Karen, and there's not going to be any spectators. So it's going to be a little thin. Uh, I believe members of the course might be able to view, but 
I haven't got an invite. I don't. I don't think there's going to be a lot of a lot of press coverage, but um, at least maybe some local stuff. But you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with a with a tournament being hosted at the same course two weeks back to back, kind of a la Memorial last year. That's exactly right. I maybe they should just do eight rounds. You know, consecutively, I think that would be a good time. What's the magical Kenya Open? And then the second one is not magical. It's, it's uh, no. the Kenya Savannah no, it's Classic, like, right? Kenya Savannah Classic, yeah. So it's going to be a totally different, you know, it's. Not, I mean, it's going to be the exact same thing. I don't, <laughs> uh, same field, I imagine. Um, there's some good local Kenyan talent that'll be there. Uh, I think they're, I, I don't know if they're included in both events or just the first one, um, but I guess we'll see. Uh, be following the leaderboard but i have a couple friends playing uh all right well i think there's a lot of territory we want to cover but let's let's back up let's establish some uh some bona fides what how why are you in kenya how did how did you come to be in kenya how long have you lived in kenya can you give us a little bit of background on that please yeah so uh i'm a foreign service officer with the state department so i'm posted here at the u.s embassy um we moved here in July of 2018, and we are out this summer. So we've been here for three years. It'll be three years by the time we leave. Um, and uh, it's it's been a great great place to live. We also lived in Uganda, uh, which is next door. Um, if you're not if you don't have your African geography down, but uh, yeah, so I've been with the State Department for for quite a while now, and so we we get posted overseas. So this is a uh, this is this is my current tour, and then I'm actually going back to back to the mothership uh this summer how is that a is that a pretty normal uh tour like the three years or is that can yeah, that can that yeah vary? it depends on the yeah it depends on the location so i mean obviously there's more like kenya is definitely not austere uh it's it's a hidden gem in my opinion it's it's pretty amazing but so three years is about the longest that you see uh some of my colleagues in usaid they have longer tours but for state it's about three years um, if you're doing like a war zone or something, it would be a one year tour generally without your family. But yeah, they're generally between two and three years. I know there's some stuff you you can't talk about, and I don't I don't want to put you in an awkward spot. But just a foreign service agent, how how did you even get into that? What what is that? You know, going back to school, even what, what does that career path look like? And and how did you decide that's the direction you wanted to go? So my, um, my undergraduate was in, I studied, uh, I'm from Virginia. So my undergraduate was in, uh, criminal justice at George Mason. Um, you guys might remember from final four. That was my senior year actually. Oh yeah. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I did my master's down at Virginia tech in international economics, uh, and security studies. So from there, uh, eventually I started doing some internship work with the government, uh, in DC and, and from there, I um, ended up applying, and I've, I've, I've been doing this gig for about 10 years now, um, and it's been, been awesome. Uh, we've been posted mostly in Washington, but we've, we've luckily been, been able to get some opportunities overseas as well. Um, and it's been an interesting time uh, to be in Kenya uh, with, you know, the U.S. election and everything that happened in the U.S. Uh, on January 6th and everything. So it's been it's been an interesting time to be out here and, and see the, the, the Kenyan reaction to some of the stuff that's going on in the U.S. We're, we're pretty happy to be here. We're really in no rush to go back, but um, it is what it is. It's, it's this summer coming up, so it'll be great to get back to the U.S., though. It's been a while. Given with COVID, travel's been difficult. So, Do you get to pick 
which areas of the world you are more interested in, or is it purely like, hey, we need you here. This is where we're going to station you. Yeah, it's a bit of both. Um, you can you can kind of put choices. Oftentimes, people follow uh, like ambassadors or senior personnel that they like um, as they move around. I've I've been doing Africa most of my career, so it's been kind of kind of normal for me. Um, I had got the opportunity to go to Kenya a few times on shorter trips before I went out here, so it was it was a high on my list. Um, and uh, so yeah. We'll see where we go next, but I'll be back in the U.S. for for at least two years. Does the ambassador change with each administration? Like I, I'm so I'm so ignorant to <laughs> Me, any sort question. of State Department stuff here. <laughs> That's actually a good question. So uh, <laughs> the ambassador here uh, did change, or there is no current ambassador right now. We have a charge. The ambassador, uh, w- the previous ambassador, was appointed by President Trump. Um, so he resigned on, uh, on inauguration day, basically, uh, a lot of the ambassadors in most countries are career diplomats. So they're not, they're not appointed and they don't, they don't change necessarily, but big posts, you know, like London, Paris, places like that, they're often, uh, political appointees or, or close to, close to the administration. And, and so if there is a turnover, they, they generally leave. Um, so that's what we had happen here. Uh, um, so right now we have an acting ambassador, but should hopefully get someone soon. Okay. Are you allowed to tell us what, like, what do you do day to day? Is is that, I, that's again where I'll echo Tron. Like, I know nothing about this stuff. I, I'm just curious, like, what are some of your, I, you know, higher like, level roles and responsibilities? And, and at yep. night, I feel like it's just cocktail parties <laughs> and state dinners, right? <laughs> there is a lot of that. There is a lot of that for sure. Uh, that's been kind of hampered during COVID, but um, yeah, I mean, generally it's uh, it's re- it's it's liaising with the local government. So working with the local government on on a number of different things. Um, in Kenya, we obviously do a lot on on the security side of things with them. Uh, there's a lot of uh, you know like health aid and everything that comes into Kenya. So it's a lot of coordination with them. Um, generally, it's it's basically, you know, being the, the face of U.S. policy overseas. Um, and it can be different depending on where you are. Obviously, Kenya is a very great place and the government's very friendly and the people here are great. Um, obviously, you know, being a, being a diplomat in Moscow is quite different than being here. But uh, here we have a great relationship with the government. And, and so it's a, lot of, it's a lot of coordination and just kind of communicating U.S. policy and, and working with the Kenyan government on things that are of interest to them. Had, had you been to Kenya before your appointment? Like, had you ever visited or, or had any experience there? Yeah, I had, I had, done, a work tri- I had done work trips here before, um, starting back in 2013, but I never lived here. I had not gone. Uh, as a kid, I didn't travel much overseas. The first time I ever went overseas was to, was to Ireland when I was in college. Um, so it was definitely a new experience for me to kind of get out and be over over in places. But my first time ever coming here was in 2013, um, and got to go on safari and uh, on the side of my trip, which was awesome. And that's one of the big things. The big we're actually going on safari tomorrow uh, for the rest of the week. Down it's Savo. I don't know if you ever seen the movie uh, The Ghost in the Darkness. Yes. No, I have not. Oh, that's a great movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's about a movie about these man-eating lions. Uh, that's a true story. Uh, I think, I think the, the movie embellishes probably how many people they ate, but, 
they were building the railroad uh, out in this area, which is now called Savo uh, in eastern Kenya. And there was several like railroad workers that were killed by lions. Um, so that's that's actually where we're headed tomorrow for a couple of days. But uh, yeah, the 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 wildlife is here is amazing. Obviously, um, this is like where you go to see the migration. Um, there's mountains, there's the ocean, the beach, uh, there's desert. It's a, it's a big country with a lot of diverse territory. Uh, so that's part of the really big appeal for myself and my wife who's with me here is, is, uh, getting to be able to be outside and, and go see these places. How much different is Kenya than, you know, the typical Americans thought of what Kenya is? Well, first off, people think it's like hot here, like incredibly hot. They just assume Africa and they, they just think hot desert, whatever. So oftentimes, like even when I, I was actually back in the U S a bit this summer and I like, you know, in DC in the summer is super humid and people are like, Oh, this must be like a lot like Kenya. And I'm like, no, it's not at all. Like <laughs> <laughs> the weather here is like San Diego. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. There's no, like at least in Nairobi, it's beautiful. There's no humidity. It's between like 70 and 80 degrees Fahrenheit every day. It's just a matter of whether it's raining or not. Um, and so that's like a big thing. Like people just assume Africa, they, you know, they have a perception that it's all like flat and hot. Um, in terms of amenities, like there are great restaurants here. There's no Kroger, but there's, <laughs> there's grocery stores. You can easily go, <laughs> go shopping. Um, we, we, it's really like, it's really uh, a Western, at least the, the capital is very, you know, Western, Westernized. There's lots of restaurants, lots of, expats here lots of amenities lots of movies movie theaters like it's it's really no different than the u.s um and i think the other thing is like people often think it's like really dangerous here um yes there's like a terrorist threat in kenya but where isn't there at this point in the world and 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 i often tell my friends like here you know like i'm not worried about going to the grocery store and someone like coming and like shooting a bunch of people like that just doesn't happen in places like this like so it's, it's interesting. Like, I think there is, there's a security concern here. There's crime, but compared to the U S I, I think we're not, we're not much of a better example. So it's, 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 it's a good life here. What's, uh, what's Mombasa like? It's hot. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so it's a lot hotter over by the, oh, over on the coast versus yeah. inland. Yeah. So over by the coast, it's super humid. Um, it, uh, Mombasa. So have you seen, um, inception? Yes. Yes. Uh, so the beginning of the movie is supposed to be in Mombasa. I'm not exactly sure where that's filmed, but it does look like that. Like it's these old, uh, kind of colonial type buildings, um, sand washed kind of buildings. Um, it's beautiful though. It's very like, it's, it's where you've, you know, you've probably heard of like Swahili culture. It's a mix of Arab and African cultures down on the coast. So, um, the food is a little bit more diverse. Um, the golf obviously, uh, is, is, is a little different down there. You're not dealing with, with the added bonus of, of elevation for your distance. You know, you're, you're playing at sea level. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a little, it's quite different than Nairobi, but it's, it's also very nice to visit. I would definitely recommend, um, there's places, Mombasa further South, there's a place called Diani beach that a lot of people go to for vacation. And then up further north, uh, there's places called Watamu and Malindi. Malindi has a big Italian expat population. Um, so it's pretty unique, 
pretty unique country in terms of seeing all those different types of environments and cultures. What elevation is, is Nairobi at? We're, on, we're like, uh, I think at 6,000 feet. Um, you can fact check that, but <laughs> well, it makes sense too because uh, the the sister city, Denver, Colorado. Really? Yeah. Den- oh, Denver, yeah, Raleigh, North Carolina, Rio, Mexico City. Huh. For nice. Nairobi, and then Mombasa is Honolulu, Seattle, Long Beach, Durban, South Carolina, Durban, South Africa, and Guangzhou, China. Hmm. Neat. So, so we're five thousand eight hundred eighty-nine feet. Yeah, I just looked it up. So basically Denver, yeah. And then uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, that's, is, is that the most famous uh, peak in, in the... That's not even in Kenya, is it? No, I think it's yeah, just it's across the border, yeah. is it? Yeah, so I climbed that in January 2019. It's in uh, Tanzania. Okay. Uh, so just across uh, the border, maybe at, we flew, but via vehicle, it wouldn't be far near this town called Arusha. Um, so Kilimanjaro, yeah, that's the big, obviously biggest peak in Africa. One of the, I think top five mountains. It's, it's, it, it's, it's cold up there and, uh, there's definitely still snow it's, if people want to see snow, I think some of the glaciers up there are melting, unfortunately climate change and all that. So, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It was a cool experience. Me and a couple of buddies did it from here. Um, and thankfully we made it. <laughs> Do you live, uh, as far as like your living arrangements over there, do you live in the embassy? Do you live near the embassy? How does that work as far as? Uh, yeah, so we live, uh, the we have embassy provided housing um, that they rent on the local market. So some there are compounds of like larger, larger groups of houses, but um, some people live in just kind of standalone houses. So we live in like a standalone. Um, it's, it's really nice. We have a big yard. We have two dogs um, and some ducks. Uh, and so we we're, we're well taken care of here, but um, it's, it's the houses are there. I mean, compared to what I could afford in DC, like we have a lot more, a lot more space. Um, and so it's, it's pretty nice. Um, uh, and then obviously like having, we, we have a gardener that, that comes and takes care of the yard and it's, it's, it's pretty nice living. I can't, I can't lie. During normal times. Do you, do you travel a lot? Like both pleasure and work? Do you, do you really like explore Africa, explore Eastern Africa, especially? Yeah, we, we definitely were, we definitely did a lot of that before COVID. Um, and, uh, even internally in our, in Kenya, there's a lot to see. Um, but yeah, we've been, been around the neighborhood. So I've been to Ethiopia, uh, Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, uh, where you see the gorillas, uh, um, down to South Africa, done a little golf down in South Africa, down in Durban. Um, not only on this tour, but my previous tour in Uganda. So yeah, we've got, we've got some good exposure. I, I've probably been to more African countries than I almost can probably keep track of at this point, but um, all of them are great. It's, it's really, I, people are, people are, I, I don't think enough people from the U S come here um, and get to experience some of the, some of the, the culture, the different culture and, the, and particularly for me, the outdoor activities and, and wildlife. It's, it's really awesome. If somebody was wanting to, go to Kenya specifically, would you recommend Nairobi as the place to start and then maybe branch out from there? Or what would you recommend as far as uh, planning a trip? 
Yeah, I mean, most, so all international flights are going to basically come into Nairobi first anyways. Um, so you'll be, ba- you'll at least, you'll at least drop off here. Uh, there's the Nairobi National Park, which is literally a national park inside the city, um, which has tons of animals. The only thing it doesn't have is elephants, um, but it has rhinos, lions. Every once in a while, like a lion gets out of the park and causes a mess. Uh, <laughs> um, but but from there, you would probably either fly or drive out to the Maasai Mara, uh, which is, yeah, like the Serengeti, um, which is probably the key place that most people would go. Um, that's where you'll see tons of tons of game, um, you know, lions, elephants, the big five, leopards. Um, and then, yeah, stop down on the coast would be good as well. Have you been over to Victoria Falls? So... Uh, Vic Falls is down in Zimbabwe, uh, on the border of Zimbabwe and Zambia. I've not been there. Lake oh, Victoria. I'm an, I'm an idiot. <laughs> that's, that's news to us. God. No, no, it's Unreal. fine. I, I mean, I should have gone there. I would love to have gone there. I haven't. Um, Lake Victoria <laughs> borders Kenya and Uganda. So I have been to Lake Victoria, the lake itself. So Victoria uh, Falls is not on Lake Victoria? Un- no. Unbelievable. No. What are the chances? What a bait and switch. Yeah. I know. I know. This probably has something to do with the queen or, you know, it's, it's all like everything's named after former British royalty. <laughs> huh. um, but yeah, so Vic, Victoria, Lake Victoria is the source of the Nile, uh, disputedly, but it's the source of the Nile in Uganda and then flows all the way up, obviously, to the, the Med Sea. But uh, Victoria Falls is, yeah, way down in Zambia, on the border with Zambia and Zimbabwe. Randy and I were deep in the, in the, uh, in researching that, that big dam they're building in uh, Ethiopia, which is- yeah, yeah, they, yeah, that's a big deal um, because obviously some of the countries that are further upstream, uh, you know, are going to be concerned about that. I, I, I don't, we don't follow it from here because Kenya is not really Kenya's not on the Nile, um, but uh, it's definitely, definitely one of the big topics in East Africa. And I know you like infrastructure. I heard that. So <laughs> big, big <laughs> infrastructure guy. Yeah. Standard standard gauge railway uh, is here. Uh, that's the big. That's the big. Uh, it's probably the biggest infrastructure project in Kenya. It was built by the Chinese gigantic rail rail line um, that goes from the coast up, up to central Kenya. Okay. How's the infrastructure in and around uh, Nairobi as far as just roads and is there a lot of public transportation? What's that like? Yeah, there's no. Uh, yeah, there's lots of roads. Obviously, uh, some of them are better shaped than others. Uh, the Public transport is usually by bus, um, which they're called matatus, uh, and they're they're demons on the road. They're terrible. Um, they cause tons of accidents. Or uh, boda bodas, which are these uh, motorcycle taxis. Um, that's what a lot of people use to get around as well. They also cause tons of accidents and and uh, are a mess. Um, the road, the roads here, the road system, you know, obviously was built a while ago, so it's not it's not accommodating well the number the population anymore, in my opinion. So there's a lot of traffic. Um, I mean, just like you'd have in any big city, but there's a lot of construction projects going on there. They're working on building a couple bypasses. Bypasses are the big thing. Cause basically you're, you're taking long, long route roads, but you're going through like major populated areas. So it just slows down. So they're, they built a Southern bypass and a Northern bypass um, for you to kind of get around the city without, without having to go downtown. Um, but generally, yeah, the infrastructure is good. Um, 
uh, you know, it's not, not a lot. There's not a lot of dirt roads in Nairobi. If they are, they're like side streets kind of thing, uh, alleys. But once you get out of Kenya or once you get out of Nairobi, excuse me, there are, you do get into dirt road type areas and, and some, some, you need a four by like four wheel drive in a lot of places. You ever go over to Somalia? Just, just for like a day trip over to Somalia, <laughs> a little weekend trip, like, or is that border just like totally, totally shut off? I mean, like what, are, what's the border uh, situation like, you know, between some of these countries? Like, I'm sure it's totally different between Kenya and Tanzania versus Kenya and Somalia. Yeah. Kenya and Tanzania obviously have like a functioning, uh, you know, like trade and, you know, people go back and forth Somalia as well. I mean, there's a border. Um, it's not. It's not the greatest place to that I. It's not the greatest place to visit. Uh, definitely for sure. Um, uh, and but there are a lot of like ethnically Somali people that live in Kenya, so there is a lot of traffic back and forth. But yeah, it's not a. It's not a. At least right now, it's not a major tourist destination. What What's Kenyan food like? Uh, so Kenyans eat a lot of like what's called namachoma, which is uh, it's like the Somali. It's like barbecue or like barbecued meat. Um, they eat a lot of uh, beans. Uh, ugali, ugali is a, a main food. It's like a, it's a starchy, almost like mashed potato, but it's from, I think it's from, I can't remember the the vegetable it's from, but it's basically like a dryish mashed potato kind of substance. And simoiki, which is like spinach. Uh, so um, those are kind of the main staples. I mean, obviously it depends on on your income bracket as to kind of where you're eating. Uh, my wife and I are both vegan, huh. so we don't eat the namachoma, but, um, but there are, it's a really, there's actually a really good vegan scene here too, as well. Like, uh, there's quite a few restaurants, um, that serve either, you know, vegetarian or vegan food. And there's a very large Indian population here. So there's a lot of Indian food, um, which obviously is good for vegetarians, but, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much the main staples. Where, where do you do your shopping? What's the supermarket scene like? Yeah, like I said, Kroger hasn't expanded here yet, but <laughs> um, Carrefour is the major one. Uh, I think it's like UAE-based maybe or UAE-owned. Uh, it's kind of your equivalent of your Walmart Supercenter. Uh, so it has not only groceries, but kind of like, you know, whatever other kind of things you would get at Walmart, you know, your trash cans and and whatever else. I don't know. I don't even know what people buy at Walmart. These days. <laughs> <laughs> everything, anything, <laughs> everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anything you need, they have pretty much. Uh, there's another chain called Nivus. Um, I don't know where they're based from. Interestingly, uh, a chain called ShopRite just came here. It was South African. Um, and they opened up at Westgate mall, which is near my house. And they closed like in like six months. And I'm not sure what happened there. I don't know if it was COVID related or what. Um, but they did not, they did not hit the ground running. Maybe it was like uh, Kroger. There's a, there's a, they didn't want to pay the, pay the hazard pay for, you know, Kroger, Kroger's closing stores left and right here in, in the States. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, same as here, like people in the service industry are frontline workers. They have to be treated as such despite, uh, despite big Randy's support to Kroger. But yeah, um, there's a company called Tuskies. They're kind of struggling as well. They're local and I kind of like them. They're like your, they're like your food line, the kind of equivalent, like cheap, but if you go there, you can get some good stuff, like kind of, kind of on the, on the lowdown, like mm-hmm. good vegetables, good produce. Um, but they've been struggling as well. So I, 
it's big. Uh, what's taken off a lot here recently is like food delivery services, um, including groceries. So we actually haven't been to a grocery store in a long time. We order it online and it gets delivered just like you would do in the U S. Um, part, part of that is just, you know, convenience, but also just, you know, trying to avoid big crowds, COVID situation and all that. Like, I guess culturally and from like a media perspective and everything outs, like, you know, setting aside the domestic stuff in Kenya, that, that area of East Africa, does it, does it, like, does it look more towards Asia or more towards Europe or northward towards the Middle East as far as like the influence, you know, like the, the TV stations you get and the, um, just as far as trade goes and all of that. Um, yeah. I mean, beyond the coast, like I said, is, is, is a little, uh, Middle Eastern oriented. Um, a lot of it has to do in Africa in general with like colonies, right? So like where a place was a colony before, uh, so Kenya was a British colony. So there's a lot of connections back to the UK. Um, that's where a lot of people go and study, uh, if they're studying abroad. Um, but China, China's definitely growing in terms of influence here. There's a lot of, like I said, Chinese infrastructure projects that are going on. Um, a lot of trade with China, uh, Kenya's major exports, I believe. And don't, I mean, I, I can't say I know for specifically, they export a lot of flowers. Um, uh, so those go, I believe, to Europe, but some to China as well. Uh, and they export, obviously, coffee, like generally green beans, so not not roasted yet. But because Kenya is, being a former British colony, is like major tea, tea drinkers. They don't like coffee as much. So, uh, But there's a growing kind of craft coffee scene here, but they do export a lot of just green beans, which I think uh, they're – Kenya double A beans are like some of the highest quality in the world or something. If you, if you look that up, but, uh, what's the, what's the sports scene like both in terms of, you know, uh, like national teams or popular sports that people watch. And then, you know, like what, what do people do on a personal level, uh, like participating in things? Well, uh, I'm sure you guys are tracking, but running is like the biggest thing here. Um, lots of Kenyans, uh, you know, breaking world records. Yul Kipchoge uh, is obviously Kenyan, the guy who broke the sub two marathon. That's um, right. in, in those um, Nike shoes. Lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nike, exactly. Um, so he he's a great dude. He he he's very like down to earth, and he actually came to the embassy one time. And so, but yeah, so running is a big thing. Uh, endurance sports in general. Um, Kenyans are amazing athletes. Uh, Rugby is a big thing here, which I kind of didn't realize until recently. Um, so there's the Kenyans are pretty good at rugby as well. I mean, they're good at anything they do. Um, but obviously football is, you know, so soccer, American soccer, football, it's big as well. Um, there's a, there's a Kenyan premier league, which, you know, not like the English premier league, but similarly where, you know, there's teams from all different parts of the country that compete, um, Obviously, golf golf is definitely a lot bigger here than I expected. Uh, there's a huge golf scene. It's really good for juniors here. Um, there's a junior golf federation that juniors basically join, and it allows them to play any golf course for 100 shillings, which is like the equivalent of a dollar. How about that? Um, They're growing the hell out of the game, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So like golf is really taken off here. All the golf courses are really busy. Um, Tiger Woods is obviously very popular here. Uh, like 
everyone was trying to wear red on Sunday when he got in that car accident, just like, just like they were in the U S except um, for Max. Homa. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Max, Max Homa didn't, didn't pack, didn't pack a red shirt, but, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, golf's definitely taken off here too, but yeah, running is obviously the main thing. Uh, how many, it's cheap, obviously also <laughs> how many golf courses equipment. You think how many golf courses yeah. probably I'd say there's, Maybe twenty to thirty, maybe okay. twenty at least. Is that around the city um, or in the country? In the country, yeah. Okay. So in the city, I think there's about twelve, maybe, um, or ten to twelve. Um, so Karen obviously is the one that they're hosting the the Kenyan Open. It's one of the. It's definitely the premier club. Um, but there's Mithaiga. Uh I'm a member at a course called Vet Lab, so it's it's actually part of the veterinary school. Um, they have a golf course on it and it's, it's a pretty nice course. Um, there's Sagona. Yeah. There's, there's quite a few around the city. Uh, um, but then also down on the coast, you have the Pingo Ridge, which they host a European LPGA event, uh, generally in the fall. It was canceled last year, but that's a beautiful course. Uh, and then you have courses down in Mombasa and then courses out West, uh, kind of co- closer towards, uh, Uganda. There's, courses in Eldoret and places like that. So golf, you know, again, from the British colony aspect of it, I assume that, you know, the, the folks, the Brits that came over here in the twenties and stuff, you know, started building all the golf courses were built. Like in a lot of them were also built like in the Mm twenties. So they're very old style, very tree lines, um, Parkland style courses, um, that were built a lot by the Brits who came over, um, and needed, you know, needed some leisure activities, I guess. Do you hang with any of the other uh, foreign service people from other countries? Like, do you go? Like, do you do you play in a you know Thursday night league with like the guys from the UK embassy? Or, I mean, yeah. is there much crossover? Yeah, so there's, there? a, there's a thing called Kegs, uh, which is kind of cool. It's a Kenyan expat golfing society. Oh, um, sounds very cool. Yeah, it's a good a good acronym they got. Um, so they play every Sunday, kind of different courses. Um, I mostly play with Kenyans, like local Kenyans. Um, I play a lot of my course and then I play like competitively, like we have like league, uh, where we'll play other, other clubs. Um, and, uh, so, and then there's a lot of, uh, a lot of Indians here that play golf. Um, I mean, they're Kenyans, but of of Indian ethnicity. So they, that's who I play with a lot. Um, but there is a decent amount of expats that play golf, but I mean, there's some great Kenyan golfers here. So it's been cool to to get to see some of them and play with some of them. Stupid question. Have there been any Kenyans that have kind of broken through at the professional level? I think at the sunshine tour level, uh, I believe. And I, I don't have a name off the top of my head. Um, but I believe some guys have played on the sunshine tour. And now is that still going on in South Africa? I'm not even sure anymore. It is. Yeah. Um, there is a kid, uh, now in Spain, um, who I think he's 17. He's fr- from Kenya. His name is Leo. Uh, he's a, he's a really great golfer and he's in Spain training. And I, you know, probably, I think he's played a few, uh, professional events in Spain as an amateur. Um, you know, the, the thing here I think would be like getting, so there, there's like one instructor that I know of that has a track man, um, which is, which is pretty unique here. Like, I think getting good instruction would be is probably the hindrance to like putting someone, getting someone really far. 
And if they are really good here, they'll probably end up going somewhere else to kind of progress, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, just to get that, you know, really serious instruction. Um, guys that are actually trained, you know, either in Europe or, or the U.S. What's it like following professional golf from Kenya? What's the what's the time difference? Do you do you still try well, so, to stay tuned in to uh, the PGA Tour? Yeah. So yesterday was a uh, was a blessing because of daylight savings time. So it was eight hours, and then it went to seven. Um, so that that just got me an extra hour of sleep. Um, so I'm in the future, right? So I could have told you guys who won ahead of time, but <laughs> no, yeah. So, uh, I watched, I watched the final round yesterday. I did doze off a little bit, um, and woke up and, and JT was on the 16th green. <laughs> um, so that was like one, one in the morning, one thirty, Uh, and I watched the finish there. Um, I, I love Jordan Spieth. So anytime the last few tournaments, uh, that he's been kind of in the hunt has really cost me some sleep. Um, (laughs) and then disappointment when he, you know, finishes third or fourth or whatever. Um, but generally, yeah, I follow like, uh, I'm part of a new club, uh, golf society that I'm a part of. We have a fantasy league, um, which I'm terrible at for some reason. Every time I pick like Xander Shoffley, I picked him this week. Like he, I don't know how he doesn't make the cut at Sawgrass, but yeah. So we, I get, I get engaged in that stuff. Um, but I, I'm mostly a weekend watcher. Like I'm not going to be probably watching the first round. I got to go to work on Friday morning. Yeah. But yeah. I'm willing to sack. I'm willing to take a take a nap on Sunday afternoon to 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 get in the final round if it's a good one. You're speaking Randy's language. I say I take a nap and I'm I'm in the same time zone. Yeah. 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 It's like noon. Yeah. <laughs> what? Was uh, nothing like nothing like a Sunday nap. Exactly. Golf. Exactly. How's the airport? The Jomo Kenyatta International Airport. It's uh, it's good. It's pretty big. Um, they've done some expansion. They just built a new terminal. Um, uh, there's flights. Mostly, it's weird. A lot of the flights get here like in the middle of the night, um, and I I don't quite know that know why. But like it's I guess it's the turn the turnaround flights that get back to Europe are usually like they land in the morning. So I guess it's maybe to to land in you know Frankfurt or to, like or feed London them or into their network. Yeah, like when there's when there's a bunch of connections to be had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's uh, United, you know, United flies here with Lufthansa. Um, uh, you got BA with American Airlines. Um, uh, what else? You got you got KLM, uh, which is with Delta. Um, and now Kenya Airways flies. So Kenya Airways uh, obviously is taken off in October 2018. They started direct flights to New York. Um, so that's. Uh, that's a nice flight, I guess. I haven't done that one actually, but um, I'm sure it's a long flight. It's probably like 14 hours, I would imagine. But to get, say, like to get from here to DC, uh, it's about 22 to 24 hours of travel. What's your What's your desired itinerary going from from uh, Kenya to DC? Like, are you trying to kind of cut it halfway and go to London or Paris, and then I would say go east, go through Singapore on Singapore Air. <laughs> Whoa. All the way around. I don't think Singapore Air flies in there. That's true. Yeah, that's Bud. true. That's true. You know. Yeah, I don't think Singapore Air flies here. A lot of the Qatar Airways does. Uh, Emirates looks. Obviously, like there's some the Asian airlines that fly here. Yeah, generally I go through Amsterdam, um, okay. and and it's you know I don't, I don't we don't leave the airport. We're just chilling. Uh, you know, waiting for a few hours. But I, I generally pick that one. I think because it's it's a little shorter layover. Um, I, I'm usually 
I don't mind flying obviously in this, in this career business. Like I fly a lot, but you know, 22 hours is no matter, no matter if you're in business first, you know, economy, whatever. It's just a long time. <laughs> yeah. How's Kenya um, Airways? I know there's, they're, they're sky team. I see, which Randy's yeah, a massive, so massive sky team Homer. They must be good then. Yeah. Uh, you can use your miles on them, I guess. Um, they're good. I've only flown them domestically. Uh, so I fly, they're the kind of go to, if you're going to Mombasa, it's like an hour flight, not even, um, I haven't been on that flight to New York, but I do know people that have taken it. My wife's taken it. Um, and, and, and found it quite, quite, quite fine. Uh, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I have never been in their business class. So I don't know what that, what that's like, but maybe big Randy can give that a shot. See what, give us the report. I thought, <laughs> God, I'd love to try that someday. From, yeah. From a local, like just like local news or domestic news, like what's, what's going on in Kenya right now? What are the, what are the big hot button issues or, you know, big kind of themes in, in the news lately? Um, so COVID is, we're entering what, what they're calling a third wave here. Um, so, uh, we've, I believe all the variants are here, particularly obviously the South African variant and probably the UK variant. Um, so the president just spoke on Friday, I believe. Um, and so a lot of people are tracking like whether there's going to be any more movement restrictions. Um, we have a curfew currently in place at 10 PM. Um, there's restrictions on large gatherings. Um, so I think a lot of people, that's tough on a lot of people here. Cause there's a lot of people that are, that really work, uh, on the local economy, you know, basically are getting paid by the day every day to do whatever they're doing, either some, you know, whether they're uh, made at someone's house or they're a day laborer somewhere. So, so they're traveling a long ways. And so when COVID first broke here, the curfew was at like 6 PM. And it made it very difficult for them to, to get to and from work. So a lot of people are following that. There's a lot of concern about um, whether uh, whether there's going to be further restrictions. Um, they also just got the vaccine, uh, the AstraZeneca one. So they're supposed to be starting to administer that here soon. So that's a, I think people are pretty excited about that. But yeah, I mean, mostly it's the health situation. Um, people are following pretty closely. Going back to your time in Uganda, what's what's Uganda like? And, 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 you know, from a, from a kind of comparing and contrasting, it's right next door, but, uh, seems like it's been, been much more of a, um, you know, hot spot as far as just, just, you know, a lot of different issues over the last couple of decades. Like what, what was your experience there? Like, it's pretty similar. Um, it's smaller. Obviously there's a lot, it's a little bit smaller. Uh, Kampala is smaller than Nairobi smaller population. Um, yeah, they've been in the news a lot recently because of the, the recent reelection of president Museveni. Um, Uganda is often kind of in the middle of, of kind of other conflicts, like stuff that happens in Eastern DRC or when South Sudan was really, really hot. So, um, it, it was actually very pleasant too. Uh, we, we loved it there. We, we were only there two years. We were, we would have loved it in there longer. Um, there are, there's not as many golf courses. There's only like, maybe seven or eight in the country. Um, the food is similar. I mean, obviously there's a lot of cultural overlap given the proximity of the countries. Um, but it was also beautiful. The weather there is amazing. Uh, I definitely would recommend that's, that's also another place where people go to see, uh, like the, the mountain gorillas. Um, and it's a little cheaper than doing it in Rwanda actually. So who's, who's Kenya, like Kenyan sports 
football or, or cricket? Like what 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 country is the big rival? Is there a uh, like a sports rivalry at all? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know actually. <laughs> um, they're cricket. Obviously, some of the you know like I don't think they're on the level with like India and. Australia and the UK on the cricket level. Uh, I'm not a big cricket guy. Uh, I still haven't quite figured out what what's going on. <laughs> I, I don't either. <laughs> I for something. the record, I I, have, I I can't follow it. Yeah, and like people follow it here, and they're like, the match has been going on for you know three days, and I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there a big like a big marathon or a big like kind of a, a central event in the running culture? As far as there's the standard chartered marathon every year, uh, in Nairobi. And that's usually in October. Um, that's kind of a big one. Uh, my wife just did one in the, in the Maasai Mara, which you can act like uh, with, with guides, with Rangers providing protection. Um, it was part of a charity for, for actually for Rangers. Huh. Uh, she did it. So it was an ultra marathon actually, but, um, that was pretty interesting. I went and watched, I didn't run in that, but, she had run-ins with uh, buffalo and like elephants, and one of the times uh, we were able to kind of like I was following in a safari vehicle, and uh, I, I I asked her where I texted her to see where she was, and you know she was like, oh, I'm not quite sure. I was like, well, have you passed this sign for Hemingways? And she was like, I don't remember. And I was like, well, she must have because like we didn't see her behind, and there was literally lines like laying like right off the trail where she was running. <laughs> um, so that was a pretty cool experience for her, I think. But uh, yeah, the standard charter marathon is a big one here in Nairobi. Um, and then there's another one called Lewa uh, at a conservancy up in central, central Kenya that people do. It's also like in the middle of a park um, where you'll get to see lots of wildlife while you're running. Have you had any close encounters with, wildlife like either like maybe yeah. on a safari or something have, have you ever like have you ever legitimately been been scared so when we lived in uganda i was uh i was charged by a silverback while we were doing uh the gorilla trekking <laughs> it was a it was a mock charge um he <laughs> he was not being very photogenic and so they're obviously they're they're generally habituated groups like so they're used to people i mean seeing people every day but like he was, uh, he was just hanging out in the bushes and I was for sure, like I wanted to get a good picture and I get, I just didn't even realize how close I'd got. And he basically ran out of the bushes right at me and I tripped and fell backwards. <laughs> and then that was it. <laughs> he, he decided I wasn't a threat anymore. Um, we've had a couple weird experiences, uh, like in our personal vehicles going on safari one time with a rhino, um, uh, where we were, we were, <laughs> we were watching two Buffalo uh, mount each other. Like, I think it was, <laughs> I think it was like a dominance thing. I think it was two males. I don't know what was going on, but anyways, we were watching it and taking pictures. And then all of a sudden we realized that there was a black rhino, like right in front of our hood um, and, and had just kind of come out of the bushes and was basically smelling the front of the vehicle, but the car was off. So there was really not much we could do, but if the rhino decides to, you know, run and, run into the vehicle like your car is going to be pretty jacked up but um and then we've done camping here a few times where you literally camp in the middle of a park and there's no fence or anything so we've had elephants come through the camp in the middle of the night um 
can hear them outside the tents, lions roaring in the distance. I mean, you know, all the, all the, Holy shit. All the Lion King scenes. That's <laughs> Ventura. Yeah. What's been your favorite animal to get to see up close? Uh, rhinos are my favorite for sure. Okay. Uh, they look like dinosaurs to me. Um, I was a big dinosaur friend, fan when I was a kid. Uh, cheetahs are really cool. Um, lions aren't that exciting because generally when you see them on safari, it's during the day and they sleep a lot. They sleep during the day and they hunt at night. So it's pretty rare that you'll see like lions, like the stuff that you see on National Geographic, like that's actually relatively rare that you see like a pack of lions or uh, a pride of lions like hunting down an animal. But cheetahs are pretty active during the day, so you can see a lot, um, see them doing stuff uh, out hunting. There's, there's maybe you've seen like the Planet Earth stuff on Netflix or whatever, but mm-hmm. there's these five cheetah brothers uh, that live in the Maasai Mara. They're called the Tanabora, um, and they are always together, these five brothers. And cheetahs are generally solitary, so they're really famous by by kind of being in a pack. Um, so they're pretty cool to watch. But, I mean, everything's great here. There's tons of birds if you're a bird person. Definitely definitely come to Kenya. Lots of birds. We, we got to have – we got we to gotta do some power ranking before we let Patrick Yeah, I'm, go. I'm so deep. Like the – it's like Central Eastern Africa. I didn't realize there was African Great Lakes. There's an African yes. Great Great Lakes region. Um, are you like? Are you googling all this right now? <laughs> oh well, no, I'm just on Wikipedia and like looking at. I'm just <laughs> down the wormhole and clicking through stuff. Well, I found and, out Lake Victoria is the second largest lake in the world behind Lake Superior. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then Lake Malawi has the, I believe it's the the largest population of freshwater fish in the world, or most diverse population of freshwater fish. Um. We've done some scuba diving there. My wife is a better scuba diver than me, so I don't really like scuba diving, but we were able to go scuba diving in Lake Malawi. Um, and then, yeah, all the great lakes, like Lake Kivu and that are around the DRC in Rwanda. Gosh. Where where have you not been in, in uh, Africa yet that you really want to go? Uh, Namibia is probably up there. Um, it's pretty cool. I, obviously, I haven't been, but uh, there's a lot of, the same wildlife that you would see like here, like in terms of elephants and lions and zebras, but it's desert. Um, it's like a desert environment. They have the skeleton coast where there's a lot of old like shipwrecks. And, um, so that's, that's high on my list. I've never been to Cape town. We were supposed to go to Cape town in May, uh, of last year and we had tickets booked and everything. And then with COVID, uh, we didn't go. So I I probably won't get that done before I leave, but that's obviously a, a good place to go. And there's a big food scene there. And, um, and obviously pretty beautiful South Africa. I haven't been that much. It would be nice to do a little bit more travel there. Have you been out over to Madagascar? No, we haven't. Uh, we definitely wanted to go the lemurs and all that. Um, but, uh, we, we haven't made it out there, uh, while we've been out here in the last few years. Uh, can we get them to power rank anything TC? Yeah. What, what should we ask I mean, them power, to power rank? Yeah. Power rank your favorite, <laughs> favorite places you've been in, uh, on the continent of Africa. Ooh, favorite places. Uh, how many? How many? How many places is it? We'll go. We'll go, we'll five. go five deep. Yeah, five. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got to go with Kenya as number one. Um, I've been pumping it up the whole podcast here. Uh, so Kenya's definitely up there. Uh, a dark horse would be Eswatini, uh, which used to be called Swaziland. Um, it's a small country that's in between Mozambique and South Africa. 
um, still ruled by a monarchy, but it's a beautiful country. Like it's really mountainous, uh, small, the people are really nice. So I, I put that on there, which was a lot of, you know, you wouldn't get that. You wouldn't get that from a lot of people. Um, Uganda, I think would be my third. Uh, we really liked it there. It's a beautiful country. Um, people were amazing. So Morocco, which is not obviously sub-Saharan Africa, but my wife and I did our honeymoon there. It's beautiful. Uh, Marrakesh. Um, we went up into the Atlas Mountains where they filmed the Gladiator. Uh, parts of the Gladiator. We we were able to do a little time in the Saharan Desert. That was that was amazing. And number five, I don't know. Maybe I guess South Africa. I guess South Africa. Uh, South Africa would be up there um, just because the golf scene probably. Um, got Ernie Els, Gary Player, all those guys down there cutting their teeth. And th- there's some beautiful golf courses down there that I've never got to see. So from a golf perspective, I'd throw South Africa on number five. Hey, one thing random I wanted to ask you, were you vegan before you moved to Kenya or is that a recent thing? So we became vegan. We became vegan when we moved to Kenya. Um, so we, when we, when we lived in Uganda, um, uh, the meat wasn't great, at least, you know, like from a U.S. palate perspective. Um, and so when we got here, we were like, we'll definitely not eat red meat. It's generally leaner here. It's, um, cause obviously the cows are all, they're not pumped full of chemicals and they're grass fed, but that does lead to, to them being a little bit more lean. So we decided to, we decided to like just go pescatarian for a while. And then my wife tried, she did a vegan challenge one month and was like, I'm going to stick with this. And I stayed pescatarian for a while. Obviously fish is still great. Um, but then she was like, well, I'm not going to cook any fish at the house. So <laughs> So I, I kind of just uh, assumed it um, from there, but yeah, it's been good. We've been vegan. I've been vegan for, she's been vegan for almost three years. I've been vegan for like two and a half. It's been great. Like, obviously I don't want to get into it. That's a whole other topic of a podcast, but um, you know, I feel good. Uh, definitely less inflammation, not quite as tired. So yeah, well, I've been sticking with it. I, I don't, I don't really see any, see any going back. I was going to say, do you think it'll be hard when you get back to the States to, I would think yes and no, right? Like probably not difficult to find vegan options, but uh, maybe more tempted by, by some meat. Yeah. There's definitely like, I think it's easier here. Uh, also like from a financial perspective too, cause like produce, uh, and fruit here generally, as long as it's fruit grown in Kenya, which basically anything will grow in Kenya, it's pretty cheap, uh, comparatively like where in the U S you know, good food is actually more expensive. Processed food is cheaper. So yeah, it is a little harder in the U.S., but I think I think we'll stay vegan. I think what we have to be concerned about is eating too many Impossible Burgers uh, from Burger King and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all that stuff because there's just a lot of that around. You don't have that here. Like I'm not going to go get right an Impossible Burger here. So it's like when you're vegan here, you're vegan. Like you're eating chickpeas and lentils and vegetables, and and so in the U.S., you, there is a lot more options that you have to be careful because then it's it's not really any better for you just just because you're not eating meat. Mm-hmm. Last question for me. What, like, I mean, it could be a food item. It could be a, just a creature comfort of some sort. Spending so much time away from, you know, your home country. What do you miss the most when you're living overseas? Hmm. There's pretty much everything here. I mean, we, we do, we do order a few things. I think American, American stack food. Um, there's not, it's not quite as much here. Um, bagels. My wife got into making bagels, uh, 
because you can't get a good bagel here. Um, so bagels, I miss definitely getting bagels in the morning. Um, but she's, she's fixed that issue. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it. But generally, I mean, yeah, there's not, there's not a lot we can't get here. There's not barbecue, uh, like the barbecue that we would have in the U S but I'm not missing that, but I imagine some people might be Mexican food. There's not quite, quite a good of a Mexican food scene here. As you can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, so, so like things are just, you know, it's a little harder to get that type of stuff. Well, perfect. We'll let you enjoy the rest of your, of your evening before, uh, before bedtime. Uh, Patrick, this yep. was, this was awesome. Thank you so much for, for yep. taking the time and educating us about, uh, not only Kenya, but the, the wider African continent too. I appreciate it. No problem. Can I, can I throw a dark horse at you for the Kenyan open? <laughs> of course. Please. Of course. So Isaac Makoka, uh, he, he's, a he's, he's at the same club as me. He's a deaf golfer. He's an amateur, uh, and was in the deaf Olympics. Uh, is a great player, um, and he's going to go pro next year, but this is his kind of big debut, so keep an eye on him. He's a good player, a really good dude. I play with him uh, at the club. Um, there's a couple other local pros, but keep it, keep an eye on the amateur Isaac Makoka. God, I hope he makes a run. That's the that's yeah. that you know that's the magical intel. Kenya dark horses yeah. is what the trap draw yeah. is all about. So we'll have to check in you with guys, you. Yeah, I don't you know, know if you guys are doing picks for the Kenyan Open this week, but <laughs> I may have to sprinkle one or two in. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I'm very curious to see, you know, how they set up the course for the Kenyan Open versus the uh, the Savannah Classic. The Savannah Classic. It's gonna yeah. be yeah. Know. It'll be interesting to see if there's much change. Uh, I don't really know what much more they could do besides maybe, you know, cut the grass a little lower.